Hello guys, welcome back to Mushter FM again. A new cultural program with Emeni and and Gloria. And today the topic is so interesting, I think. We're going to talk about Kumari. Yeah, you're right. It's really uh I think I found it really interested. I just know a little bit of this Kumari that I can tell you that are a little girl that are considered like um how is exactly in English how many living goddess exactly and uh, where do they live exactly in which country which is the context mm-hmm. of these little girls yes yeah, so in Nepal in Nepal that's exactly. right So um, I think we wanted to tell you a bit the the context of this society to understand much better mm-hmm. um why this Kumari this little girl are considered living goddess so yeah. do you know I mean I have to tell you that Nepalese people really like to live their lives in the squares or the streets mm-hmm. in the in in the cities mm-hmm. so they are really we can say happy people that like to have contact with mm-hmm. each other mm-hmm. speak talk uh, spend time on the street and specifically in the um, dubar square i don't know the pronunciation exactly but mm-hmm. this is the name of this famous square i'm sure that people if people visit nepal uh-huh. before they will know we know that nepal it's very beautiful country i think gloria she has information about nepal context yeah exactly this that we were uh, speaking about do you know another peculiarity maybe this really sounds to you a many i'm sure and they have a lunar calendar so um, more or less they are more more advanced than the occidental calendar mm-hmm. i'm not sure but i think that nowadays they are living in this lunar calendar mm-hmm. in 2070 something i'm not sure 75 or something like mm-hmm. that so this calendar is called a uh, nepal sambat Mm-hmm. And this era started the 20th uh, of October 20th of October of 879 AD. Mm-hmm. So I said that because I know also in some of the Islam countries you also have lunar calendar right because for example yeah. in Spain we don't have a Yeah, but about Nepalese calendar, it is like Chinese, like the same year. I'm not sure. I I don't think so. They it's the lunar, um, and yeah, they celebrate the lunar New Year and yeah, at yeah, the end yeah. of the year yeah. and at the beginning of the next one. But mm-hmm. I I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't check that. I know that they share this calendar. I guess with India. This is uh, the, the other country. Yeah, this is yeah. really close to them. Uh, Yeah, I know that also in in Korea they they have the the lunar calendar, but I don't know if th- those countries of uh, Asia yeah, the share the same uh, calendar or yeah, not. Maybe because of Buddhism, uh, because all of these countries they have a lot of uh, 
Buddhist people maybe maybe something in common but i'm not sure about this information yeah yeah it could be could be a possibility yeah. also speaking about the buddhism and also they have another religion that is called hinduism mm-hmm, yeah Hindus. and so this uh, nepal is full of temples yeah. you can see all over the city mm-hmm. these uh, particular temples this particular construction with this roof in a particular way that are really characteristic and also another thing that maybe i don't know if you will know Um, there are a lot of monkeys all around in the city mm. uh, because I watch documentary, documentaries and these monkeys are fighting a lot. I don't know <laughs> why is the reason. Maybe is it the food? Mm-hmm. Uh, what else I can tell you about Nepal? Sadly, it's a very, um, we can say, polluted uh, mm. country. I think not as India, India is even more, but yeah, sadly they have noise pollution, air mm. pollution, even for example, on the rivers, uh, the Ganges, Ganges River is one of the rivers that cross Nepal mm-hmm. and um Also, other countries around is very long mm-hmm. uh, because they celebrate their decrema- the cremation of the dead people when the people oh. die. So they still do this practice uh, oh, yeah. there like, next to the river. Uh, like India as well. They have some um, places that they still have this tradition. Exactly. Oh. And uh, yeah, this part is a bit sad. Yes, but yes. make us understand how they live there and this tradition that they practice next to the river. More data about Nepali society: the widow, you know, the widow, the widows. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are not very well seen in the societies. Uh, actually, when um, when the when the husband die the the woman uh, um, they they say that the that the woman the wife is the 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 guilty the the guilty yeah she is the guilty of the death of the husband um she so had, she, so the woman she has a guilty about her husband's die yeah What? they consider die is in their system in their societies are really special is really different from us so yeah the one the wife is blamed i think it's something really terrible i mean at least with my vision i cannot really understand and i will tell you more in the past Mm -hmm. the woman um had to abandon everything everything after the death of the husband and which i mean with everything is the the goods but not only the goods if not the life her own life so this wife these widows uh were murdered to accompany the husband after the death yeah so she be lifeless she don't have any private life she don't have anything like no basically the resume the resume of this as a sum up they had to 
die with the husband. Mm-hmm. So abandon everything, literally, not mm-hmm. only house, good, uh, everything she has or that everything the couple share. Mm-hmm. She has to, to die. So those widows, those women mm-hmm. were murdered by other people to accompany the husband in the process of the death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see your face. You are really oh surprised. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. But I didn't know that. I didn't know this information. This in the past, not nowadays. Ah, okay. And, for example, we were uh, speaking about marriage, no? Mm-hmm. What happened in the marriage or um, when the marriage ends because of someone that died, especially the husband. Well, if we speak about the marriage, when both people are alive, uh, I don't know if you know, but the Nepali um, um, society is built under a caste system. So mm-hmm. you, as a part of the society, you belong to one of the this caste And I can tell you more or less how this uh, case work. For example, this system, we can say, or started to work because in uh, in his religion book that is called the Rig Veda, it's written that uh, Purusha, I don't know, a man, I, I will simplify it a lot because I am not an expert in Hinduism religion and this yeah, religion yeah, yeah, yeah. and I didn't read the book. But I want to tell you just a little piece of information to understand the, uh, as a basis how it's work. So the the, the Purusa, it was a man or I don't know. Yeah, a man, we can say that it was a man. Uh, they uh, quartered the body. So they cut the body mm. of the man and Um, uh, they cut in pieces. So the pieces were the mouth, the arms, the tights, no? And with these four uh, elements, they started to build the, the cast. So in the, in, the, in the top, if we consider that the cast system is a pyramid shape, so on the top, they are uh, the people who started from the, or who born from the mouth of, of these men. They are the highest caste and they are called the Abraham and um, they are priest and scholars. So people that are educated and priest mm-hmm. are the highest caste. We have the second that and these people born from the arms of the Purusha. And we can say that here we have the people that um, develop his or her life as a warriors mm-hmm. in the military, in, in the military system, mm-hmm. and the government and, and the people who okay. work in the government, the politicians. Mm-hmm. Then we have the third uh, part of the system. And we have here the merchant, the trader, and the uh, some artisan or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then at, at last, of the, these four uh, part of the system are considered the pure caste. And with these four castes that I will end this 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 system here we have the farmers and the yeah. um, the workers the normal workers yeah, normal people yeah so we have four, four. different uh, part of the society but this doesn't end here another caste that 
is we can say for them is is seen as the worst caste mm-hmm. uh, are the impure caste and here we have the untouchables or the Dalis, Dalits mm-hmm. so these people are really outcasts out of the society no one want to stay with them they are they are considered that they have to clean the streets or something mm-hmm. like that. The job should be right, really for them on the bottom of the society, something mm-hmm. that no one wants to do. So we can understand this society a bit more. Mm, yeah. And of course, we were speaking about the marriage. So if we can say they don't like to mix um, among them uh, between caste, one caste to another, because oh, it's considered yeah. that it's not good. Uh, so, because the highest caste, they always want to be with the, the highest. highest people of the caste. So, for the marriage, is the same. You cannot marry, even if you fell in love, you cannot marry with someone that is in the other caste. Oh my God. Yes. And a lot of marriage, um, unfortunately, were like a convenient marriage not because two people decide to be married to mm-hmm. to marry if not because it it was a it was convenient mm-hmm. so it's really sad for the yeah. people that are obligated to marry in that way yes yes and there's no freedom yeah in that way and of course well i have to say that as i inform myself yes they exists some marriage marriage in which the people fell in love of course i repeat in the same case but it's really sad for the woman because when the woman get married with um her future had husband um she became part of the husband um uh, family mm. so she has to um, leave back or his fa- her family Oh really? Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. And um, wow, this is very deep, deep fact. Yeah, and I will, I think, with finish um, this little introduction about the Nepali society, saying that this um, society is a bit, a bit, no, a bit, no, it's, um, it is a sexy society. That means that the men and the women mm. it, there is not um, equality um, on the laws yeah. or in the society and for example I will t- I will give you an example we were talking before about the cremation the cremation of the dead people next to the Ganges river so yeah, yeah. okay so the people um, the person who light the fire for for start the cremation ceremony, yeah. um, he only can it, it, it's only this fire uh, can only be light for a man because is if a woman uh, light this fire is considered like bad luck for the next reincarnation mm. because they believe in the reincarnation. So the families always want to. Um, born a um a boy not a girl they mm. prefer to hide to have a boy mm. for this reason for example okay then thank you very much for this very surprising information about nepal 
that really I didn't know. And I guess also our listeners, they didn't know. And now we're going shift to the main main subject, which is we're going to talk about the Kumari. So for centuries in Nepal, girls, some as young as one, I mean very young girls, have been chosen to be living goddess. Their name Kumaris. Kumari meaning virgin girl. This is in their language. So the virgin girl. Yeah, exactly. In Sanskrit, it means pure, innocent. Yes. So they are worshipped and uh, revered by the Buddhists and Hindus. The title is bestowed on three girls at any one time. Once appointed, the Kumari is confined to the temple and has little contact with the outside world. When they hit puberty, they must live and try to live an ordinary life. Yeah, and I think later later we will have time to speak about when they finish this period because how to reintroduce themselves in, is the, yeah. in the society is something not really easy because yeah. we will describe describe in all yeah. this program how is the life of the Kumaris during um, her first period of life. Yeah, so. We're gonna start to uh, introduce or make like a definition. Who is Kumari? So Kumari or Kumari Devi or Living Dorga, Dorja. I don't know if it's per my pronunciation. It's correct. Is the tradition of worshiping young prepubescent girls as a manifestation of the divine female energy or Devi in Asian religion traditions. The word Kumari is derived from Sanskrit. So in Nepal, a Kumari is a prepubescent girl selected from the Shakaya caste of a Nepalese Newari Buddhist community. The Kumari is revered and worshipped by some of the country's Hindus too. Why there are several Kumaris throughout Nepal, with some cities having several. The best known is the Royal Kumari of, of Kuthmandu, and she lives in the Kumari Gar, a palace in the center of the city. The selection process for her is especially rigorous. As of 2017, the Royal Kumari is Trishna Shakaya, age 3, installed in September 2017, or Unuka. Bayarcharya, selected in April 2014 as the Kumari of Patan, is the second most important living goddess. So in Kathmandovalai, this is a particularly prevalent practice. It is believed to be the incarnation of the Telayu or Telaju, a manifestation of the goddess Durga or Dorja. When Her first menstruation begins. It is believed that the deity vacates her body. Serious illnesses or a major loss of blood from an injury also causes loss of deity. The Kumari tradition is only followed in a few cities in Nepal, which are Kathmandu, Lalitpur, Bhaktapur, Shanku, and Bongamati. The selection process and roles of the Kumari vary between different towns. So we know now that the Kumari, I mean, the main principle is the manifestation, manifestation of the um, 
goddess Durga or Durga. In the earth, yeah. Yeah, in the earlier girl. So, who is Durga or Durga? I don't know what's the, the right pronunciation for it. Durga is a major deity in Hinduism. Uh, she is worshipped as a principal aspect of the mother goddess Devi and is one of the most popular and widely revered among Indian divinities. She is associated with the protection, strength, motherhood, destruction and wars. Her legend um, centers around combating evils and demonic forces that threaten peace, prosperity and Dharma, the power of good over evil. Durga is believed to unleash her diving worth against the wicked for the liberation of the oppressed and entails destruction to empower creation. Historians of religion and art tend to trace the earliest depiction of Durga to the still of Undus Valai civilization. However, this claim uh, lacks direct visual evidence from the site. There are several hints to her in the early Vedic texts and by the time of the epics. She emerges as an independent deity. According to Hindu legends, Durga is created by the gods to defeat the demon Mahishasura, this kind of devil who could be only killed by a female wow this is weird because you know in a lot of societies the um, the woman we can say is considered something uh, a person um, not as strong as the men Mm-hmm. So here it is the opposite because only a man, um, a female with yeah. strength, uh, yeah, that is associated with protection, strength, uh, destruction, wars. This is attributes that um, a lot of times are been seen for mm. for men, not for women. Yeah, but the thing is that they are worshiping this uh, goddess, but at the same time in their society, as you mentioned before, that the the women really don't have um, equal rights with the with the men. I mean, see the difference. This is what I want to say. So they believe in this goddess that she she only can. Uh, kill this kind of demon but at the same time they didn't really their own society they prefer the men yeah i think maybe um, i mean they consider something very different to be a woman and to be a goddess mm. for the goddess for them is something uh, really high um, yeah, standard yeah. no high position yeah. so even it's not a, a comparison for them because an, um, a normal woman a regular woman is just a human no and uh, the goddess mm. is uh, something spiritual high uh, splendorous yeah. magnificent uh, important that um, rules uh, the the world the world in a way mm with um, her powers 
So I continue. Durga is seen as a motherly figure and often depicted as a beautiful woman riding a lion or a tiger with many arms, each carrying a weapon and often defeating demons. She is widely worshipped by the followers of the goddess contract sect Shaktism and has importance in other denominations like Shaivism and Vaishnavism. Under these traditions, Durga is associated and identified with other deities. There are many devotees of goddess Durga who recite Saptashati to seek her blessings. Sorry for my pronunciation because I cannot speak their language. Okay, so Amini, mm. I want to know because we were speaking about Durga, we introduced for our audience the Nepali society, but when this tradition appeared, it is an old tradition? All right, so. Why the veneration of living Kumari in Nepal is relatively recent, dating only from the 17th century. The tradition of Kumari Puya, or virgin worship, has been around for much longer. There is evidence of virgin worship taking place in Nepal for more than 2,300 years. It appears to have taken hold in Nepal in the 6th century, There is a written evidence describing the selection, ornamentation, and worship of the Kumari dating from the 13th century before Christ. There are several legends telling how the current tradition of the Kumari began. Most of the legends, however, involve the tale of King Jayaparka Shamala, the last Nepalese king of Mala dynasty between 12th and 17th century CE. According to the most popular legend, a king and his friend, the goddess Teleju, Teleju approached his chambers late one night as the, he played a tripasa, a dice game. The goddess came along very night to play the game with the condition that the king refrains from telling anyone about their meetings. One night, the king's wife followed him to his chamber in order to find out who the king was meeting so often. The king's wife saw Telayu and the goddess was angered. She told the king that if he wanted to see her again, or have her protect his country, he would have to search for her among the Nawari, Shakaya, community of Ratnawali, as she would be incarnate as a little girl among them, hoping to make amends with his patronise. The king Jaya Prakash Mala left the palace in search of the young girl who was possessed by Telayu spirit. This is the first one. The second one, similarly, there is another story about disappearances of Telayu. Some believe that the goddess visit King Trilokyamala every night 
in the human form, like other legendary stories. The king and the goddess played a tripsa, the dice, while discussing the welfare of the country. However, one night, King Trilokyamala made sexual advances toward the goddess Telayu. As a result, the goddess in range stopped visiting the palace. The king is regret-worshipped and uh, pleaded for her return. Finally, the goddess agreed to appear in the body of the virgin girl from the Shakaya family. Even today, a mother's dream of a red uh, serpent is believed to be opportunity of the elevation of her daughter to the position of a royal kumari. And each year, the Nepalese king seeks the blessing of the royal Komari at the festival of Indra Yatra. This tradition has changed from 2008 AD, with the country becoming one of the youngest republic in the world. A variation of this and other legend named uh, King Gunkam Dev, a 12th century ancestor of King Jayaprakash Mala as the main character rather than Jayaprakasha Mala. The third variation of the legend says that during the reign of King Jayaprakash Mala, a young girl was banished from the city because it was feared that she was possessed by the goddess Durga. When the queen learned of the young girl's fate, she became enraged, enraged and insisted that the king fetch the girl and install her as the living incarnation of Durga. Means now we have three hypotheses <laughs> of the very historical one. But this is how the belief of worshipping the Kumari began. Yeah, I think so. We are seeing that even them, they don't have clear neither because they have three different stories. So yes. it's normal that for us um, um, will be a bit confusing because yeah. it is also for them. So one choice here, we can choose the story that we like the most <laughs> and start to believe that one. Why not? <laughs> so, yeah. dear listeners, yeah. um, which was your favorite story? So we know the story behind this tradition or yes. at least three different stories, but I'm sure that you want to know how is exactly the life of this young Kumari? Yes. So, um, because I think mm. that being a living goddess sounds could sound like very cool or very extraordinary or I don't know, very good, but you may you you will know it's not an easy life. Yeah. So, Imagine, Gloria, that the Kumari aged between two and four years old. Really, really old. These, um, these girls yeah. should be attending kindergarten. <laughs> so the Kumari is a little girl selected for her beauty to embody divinity. 
she is taken from her family at an early age to assume this role. And for example, I mean, mm-hmm. how many years are these goddess um yeah, the period during so how many years of the girl if she got her first period, she will stop doing this role. Okay. It can be at 10, it can be at 12, 11, 13, whatever. So yeah. And also depend of the girl when she began to become the Kumari worship goddess at two, at four, at five. But generally they choose very young girl. So this is very young girls are only goddesses for a few years. They are sometimes chosen at the onset of their first baby tooth. Wow. Oh, my God. And remain Kumari until they reach puberty characterized by the ascent of their first period. Then they suddenly return to a normal life, often with serious psychological and physical consequences. And I can imagine how it's difficult is this. They are goddess, and after that, no, 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 change to the normal life. Yeah, but let's keep explaining to our audience yeah. why... Um, this end being so difficult to 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 be involved yeah. in the society again. Yeah. So first of all, if you want to, I mean, i- imagine that we want to be a Kumari. Um, what is the the, the selection criteria? Yeah. What are the the criteria that we should fit? So first of all, Kumari is selected. Young and must meet 32 strict physical criteria that range from the color of her eyes to the sound of her voice, the living condition of the color. Ah, here, spe- oh. st- stop, because I, I want to okay. explain specifically because I bring for you a many and also for all our audience. What are some? I don't have the, the 32 characteristic, but um, I have... Some of them, for example, really, these are really crazy. The characteristic that this young uh, girl should fit. For example, uh, her zodiac sign um, have to be similar to the president of the country. Huh? Yeah. It's what it is. So here um, we can discard a lot of girls that they don't have the same zodiac or at least similar. Then they have uh, to have um, deer legs. Do you know the animal deer? Yes. Like yes. Bambi? Yeah. So the, the, the leg should be similar, like really tiny yeah. and slim legs, right? Mm-hmm. Also, you mentioned the boys. So the boy should be a clear voice like a duck. This is true. Like a duck. Clear boy like a duck. Really crazy. Also, they should have perfect teeth. Beautiful smile. But how they said that the first from the first baby tooth? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't Whatever, know. so continue. <laughs> Maybe one perfect tooth. Uh, also, they should have a perfect medical history. She's still young, I mean. <laughs> yeah. So not coronavirus, <laughs> not flu, nothing. She just started her life. And okay. of course, you mentioned the color of the hair or the eyes. Yeah. The color should be dark. Yes, yes. You cannot be blonde if you want to 
become married. I mean, I think, sorry, I'm miss uh, saying this. You don't want to be Kumari. You are elected as Kumari. So, <laughs> yes. And? I mean, I'm so surprised by the characteristics. These are the characteristics that I uh, mm. brought for you. Because for me, it was really surprising to Yeah. But to although not only physical, it's like 32 strict physical criteria, but also I think uh, other in her... Um, Psychological criteria yes, also, attributions. You have something or I continue? For example, the attribution that thing that they, these uh, girls have, they think that they have premonetary powers and mm. also that they have the capacity of cure ill people. Mm. This is the, the two really powers that, mm, that they think that these um, goddess yeah. have. So, the living condition of the Kumari are special. She must respect certain rules, such as not walking on the ground, considering unclean, or wearing restrictive makeup, or wearing traditional red clothes and heavy jewelry sets. Once the chosen girl completed the tantric purification rites and crosses from the temple on a white cloth to the Kumari Gar to assume her throne, her life takes on an entirely new character. She will leave her palace only on ceremonial occasions. Her family will visit her rarely and then only in a formal capacity. Her playmates will be drawn from a narrow pool of Nuari children from her caste. As you said this before, usually the children of her caretakers, she will always be dressed in red and gold, wear her hair in a top knot and have the Agni Shakshu or fire eye painted on her forehead as a symbol of her special powers of perceptions. The royal Kumari's new life is vastly, vastly different from the one to which she has been accustomed in her short life. Whilst her life is now free of material troubles, she has ceremonial duties to carry out. Although she is not ordered about, she is expected to behave as befite a goddess. She has shown the correct qualities during the selection process and her continuit certainly is of paramount importance. An ill-tempered goddess is believed to portent bad tidings for those petitioning her. The Kumaris walk across Durba Square is the last time her feet will touch the ground into such a time as a goddess depart from her body. From now on, when she ventures outside of her palace, she will be carried or transported in her golden palaquin. Her feet, like all of her, are now sacred. Petitioners will touch them, hoping to receive 
respite from troubles and illnesses. The king himself will kiss them each year when he comes to seek her blessing. She will never wear shoes. If her feet are covered at all, they will be covered with red stockings. The power of the Kumaris perceived to be so strong that even glimpse of her is believed to bring good fortune. Crowded of people wait below the Kumari's window in the Kumari shops or um, courtyard of her palace, hoping that she will pass by the latticed windows on the third floor and glance down of them. Even though her irregular appearances last only a few seconds. The atmosphere is the courtyard exchange with devotion and away when they do occur. Yeah, because for example, I know that only with seeing her is considered uh, as good luck. Oh my God. Yeah. So she is all the time in the palace, but she just appear at the balcony more or less twice per week for the people to watch her for this good luck. And also one thing that is uh, really sad, it is not permitted uh, to to her to receive friends or visits. Yeah. Yes, only the when they offer something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is also... Uh, security all around because no one can make photos or film her. The more fortunate or better connected petitioners visit the Kumari in her chambers, where she is set upon a gilt lion throne. Many of these visiting her are people suffering from blood or menstrual disorders, since the Kumari is believed to have special power over such illnesses, as you said this before, Gloria. Exactly. This is the, the psychological uh, yeah. attributions. She is also visited by bureaucrats and other government officials. Petitoniors uh, customarily bring gifts and food offerings to the Kumari, who receives them in silence. Upon arrival, she offers them her feet to touch or kiss as an act of devotion. During this audience, the Kumari is closely watched and her actions interpreted as prediction of the petitioners or leaves as follows. So we have crying or loud love, serious illness or death, weeping or ripping eyes, Imminent death, oh my God, trembling, imprisonment, hand clapping, reason to fear the king, picking at food offerings, financial losers. It's totally, for me, it is crazy. I mean, it's totally crazy. <laughs> These are, are my only word for that. It's crazy that yeah. they decided that 
they will have a living goddess yes. really people that should be a, a person in this case a little woman that should be educated that should be play uh, yeah, with living, uh, her colleagues they yes. uh, that she should uh, build a relationship with yeah. uh, her family and she is far away um she has to be able um to watch the sun to walk on the street I mean to do things that chills do child yes, children yes. that children do and it's really crazy yeah but also I watch a lot of documentaries uh, of course when searching about this uh, show I watched some documentaries that the past Kumaris actually they were really enjoy to be a Kumari and also I watch another documentary that a girl when she was a Kumari She suddenly started crying, 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 crying. And of course, for them, it is bad luck because it means they're a death or something. Yeah. After, after, um, um, before you continue, like, I wanted to tell you that, yes, because this that you are saying about crying or to yeah. show signs of yeah. fear. Yeah. is really important for them. You know what? Because... We mentioned that they should feel this psychological and physical attribution, no? Mm. This is the first step. Then we have the second step that is the, the, the past uh, ceremony or the initiation ceremony. So, um, after be elected, so this girl must pass initiation ceremony to demonstrate her bravery. And this is a, this is really important point for them. So, Basically, in this ceremony, she has to sit in a throne mm -hmm. and she has to watch how thousands of animals are sacrificed. Um, really? Yes. So the people that sacrifice those animals also dance around these decapitated animals. Mm -hmm. And of course, the scenario is full of, of blood puddles. Oh it's God. full of blood. So this girl cannot show any sign of fear and she cannot cry neither. Oh my God. And this is how they they shown they they show that they are the right person to be Kumari. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because she she need to be a poker face without any expression. Exactly. Not nothing. Like if you I don't know, talk from now till tomorrow she would not have any expression in her face this And, mean yeah. for them that this um, we can say this little girl is prepared to yeah. be a Kumari a living goddess yeah so if the Kumari remains silent and impassive through the audience her devotees leave elated This is the sign that their wishes have been granted. Many people attend to the Kumari's needs. These people are known as a Kumarimi and are heeded by the patron. This job is very difficult. They must attend to the Kumari's every need and desire while giving her instruction in her ceremonial duties. Why they, can, they cannot directly order her to do anything. They must guide her through her life. 
They are responsible for bathing her, dressing her, and attending to her makeup as well as preparing her for her visitors and for the ceremonial occasions. So traditionally, the Kumari received no education, as she was widely considered to be omniscient. However, modernization has made it necessary for her to have an education once she re-enters mortal life. Kumari are now allowed to attend public schools and have a life inside the classroom. That is no different from that of other students. While many Kumaris, just as the Kumari of Bakhtabur, attend school, others Shaz, as the main Kumari in Kathmandu, received their education through private tutors. So we have nowadays different ways of educate, at least in a, wa- in a, in a way, this little girl that needs this education. And of course, um, not only because it's good for them yeah. to live in a society, if not because... Um, it is a right, it's a children's right to receive education, for example, among others. Mm. So, similarly, her limited uh, playmates must learn to respect her, since her every wish must be granted. They must learn to surrender to her whatever they have that she may want and to defer to her to her wishes and what games to play or activities to play. I think we have like detailed life of Kumari. But yeah, I think nowadays the Kumari are educated. Even when I watch some documentaries, the ancient Kumaris, I mean, no, they are educated. They are speaking very good English. And I was surprised basically because... After being Kumari, you mean they um, they, they became to the we say the, the, the mortal life again, yes, yes, yes. and they continue the, the their life. Yeah, they said that generally um, they miss to be Kumari. I mean, they really enjoy to be Kumari, and uh, also um, the last documentary I watched that uh, the, this Kumari, I think she was poor or something. Because after the Kumari life, um, she back to, uh, you know... Her community. Yeah, her family, etc. And she was like in shock because she uh, pretend to to have anything she want, every wish she want. And then she uh, forcing the life, you know. And also she have some financial problems. This is what she said. So she was working hard on herself, something like this. I mean, it ma- makes sense because you, when you are Kumari, of course, maybe you don't receive the ordinary education that that the children of your age receive yes. in their schools, but you create habits because if someone is giving you food, uh, yes. you cannot touch the ground. I mean, if you repeat this action day by day by day by day, yeah, year by year, they, 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 you integrate these habits into yeah. your lives yeah. and you think that those actions 
are normal and it wasn't an election of you because you can elect it what to do with your life yeah. it someone elects your life someone decide that this will be your life this is the problem i mean if you decide something and the problem is also that i mean the children it's it's another right of the children yeah, uh, right yeah, yeah, yeah. that children should be protected Yeah. Because are in inferior conditions, they don't have all the tools to decide. They're, they are developing themselves, they are developing themselves mentally yeah. and physically, and they need a uh, different scenario yeah. to develop themselves in the, um, at the optim yeah, optimus point. Yeah, but also I have something very surprising because why I'm watching this documentary, Uh, a father of a Kumari said that um, his daughter, she wanted to be a Kumari. And I was like, hmm, what? Uh, I don't know. Maybe they, um, since they're born, they think there's a Kumari and uh, maybe she wanted to be a Kumari. Because as a little girl, how she can think that she wants to be a goddess? This was my question. Exactly, because... That little girl, she yeah. doesn't, I'm sure, she uh, doesn't know exactly even what does this mean to be a goddess. She only know maybe things that she heard, but she in, in her interior, I mean, you don't have the capacity with two years old to uh, yeah, understand what is a goddess. Question. Yes, and this father like uh, explaining how his daughter becoming Kumari. His daughter, she wanted to be a Kumari since young age. And uh, she uh, go to uh, like uh, a casting, I don't know, to see if she fit. And the surprising is this girl, she she sounded like forgetting her family after to being a Kumari. And I mean, she really uh, into this role. I was surprising watching this documentary. I said, how little girl think and wanted to be a, a living goddess and wanted to be a Kumari to be worshipped, etc. I was like. Ah, so, so you watch some documentaries of the afterlife of Kumaris when the Kumaris were already adults. Ah, yes. for example, in my case, I watch the opposite. I mean, it's very difficult to find documentaries yeah. that film there because it's prohibited. But mm. I could uh, watch a part of some image of of her, of them, sorry, mm. uh, inside of the temples with these uh, yeah, red dress, uh, dresses, dress, yeah. the this uh, the 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 eye in the in the head for uh, yeah. for like and makeup, this, special makeup. yeah and the, the jewelry, the gold jewelry, yeah, everywhere. And yeah, they were yeah. also um, barefoot without shoes. Yes, yes. And I saw also the throne that we mentioned before. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I didn't check any documentaries uh, of um, their uh, after Kumari's life. But yeah, it, it's, yes, it had to like, be very interesting. Yeah, like a three videos uh, documentary. Uh, when I uh, really first know the Kumari, I watched a documentary for a very uh, famous YouTuber. Arabic YouTuber Joe Hatab and he's saying about worshiping children's and actually he had an interview with the previous Kumari and she, she speak how was the experience etc and two other documentary as well there are some uh, past uh, Kumaris and telling their story or the experience etc but about this little girl 
I don't know, I was watching um, the father speaking. Mm. So his, uh, her father speaking and also her sister, her family, uh, how she wanted to be uh, a Kumari, how she also she was forgetting her family, even if they're coming, she don't uh, speak with them, something like this. And I was like surprised as a little girl to um, be like this. Yeah, of course. It should yeah. be shocking and surprising yeah. that a little girl of that age yes. um, mm. have this idea in the mind in this way, yeah. even forgetting her family. Yeah, yes. it's difficult to understand. Yes, even when she go back to her family, she doesn't want. But this is the only case that I heard something like this. But uh, I think it's, it's regarding the religion. I mean, in the religion, you have some, some dogmas that you should... Uh, follow and it happened with other the religion that people want to follow the life exactly like in uh, the religious yeah. books are written and they can forget the real life i mean they yeah. how the the society work and they don't care yeah but we talk about little girl <laughs> yeah this is, this is the point it's not uh, if someone uh, adult like us okay they think but a little girl i was mm, okay so how many Sadly, <laughs> we are concluding, we are finishing uh, this beautiful program yeah. about this, we can say also, beautiful Asian country, Nepal, and yeah. about this living goddess, the, the Kumari, this little girl that live um, their first period of life in a temple, being yeah. Akumaris. Yes. And it was uh, really nice, but uh, unfortunately, we are running out of time yes. because, you know, another program should be on air also in this radio in Mushtar. FM is working full day. So yes. um, we Nine, should eight, yeah. um, give space to the, another show. the incoming programs, of yes. course. Yes. So our. Um, show for today is over but like Mariam always says the show is over but we didn't over yet so make sure to follow us on our social media and listen to us on Mushtar FM 89.6 thank you Gloria for enjoying me this uh, cultural program as always and thank you for our listeners to listen to us and see you in the next episode or next show. Bye. Bye-bye.